king, an obsession. Journey into the world of Iskorda and travel along with the boy from that way as he embarks on a quest to return to the very depths of the nightmare that brought him through the white door. once more as we step through the white door. The Family Blade as read by Eisenagro of Valius Arcta. During the wars against Lehendwa, a man by the name of Chris Brandy brought much honor to his family name by killing Lehendwa's top commander in an epic and legendary duel. It was during the siege of Calderon Aaron that Brandy fought his way to the front of the battle, calling out the captain of the guard, Treyu Ab Tested in bravery and steel with nerves, Chris Brandy stepped into a wide crater left by some hideous war machine of Lehendwa and called for the captain. Silent went the battlefield as friend and foe stopped to watch Treyu Abordon enter slowly down into the crater face off against Brandy. It seemed as though it was understood that these two would fight this battle between them, and only one more life need be taken for the battle to be won. And so here it was, down in a deep crater of shadow and dirt, that these two leaders and legends clashed. Metal sounded off loudly, ringing while sparks flew up so high, onlookers from a town away saw them through the night sky and thought them to be arrows of fire. The battlefield shook at the hearts of every soldier rooted for their commander, though none said a single word. Back and forth they went, one almost catching the other before having the situation turned around. Then, in a flash, a single swoop, Treyu lost his grip on his axe and was cut down by Brandy's tempered blade. From this moment, the Lehendwan army scattered in all directions, leaving a silent shell of a once majestic city behind. Chris Brandy was hailed a hero, and he personally offered the city to King Archibald, who was more than pleased with his performance. Months went by. Things went on this way for many years, until a Lehendwin stranger claiming to be the son of Treu Aberdon appeared at the gates to challenge Brandy and seek revenge for his father. Brandy accepted this challenge and set upon the battlefield that day in the most radiant of armor. It is said that Brandy's armor was forged from ice and set into steel by some long-forgotten forge magic. Long, sleek curves defined the armor, and it sparkled in the morning sun. Story-like, it clashed perfectly against the midnight black armor worn by the son of Aberdon, which was adorned with red lines of ruby and studded with gems and skulls. Together, they seemed like a picture-book scene of good versus evil, God versus demon. The end of day's battle. Angel versus Monster. Brandy was cut deeply in the sun of Aberdan's first quick stroke and fell hard to the earth. Laughing loudly and standing over Brandy, the sun raised his blade to finally exact revenge for the death of his father. It was then that he was peppered with several arrows from the battlement of the castle. Choking on his own blood, the son of Aberdan fell dead on top of the wounded Brandy. There 
for many minutes did they lay in a cloud of dust before the soldiers came for them. Brandy had been bested, and what was worse, he had been saved. Dying in the duel would have retained some of his honor, but his men simply loved him too much to allow it. Instead, he had been left a cripple, as the son of Aberdon's blade had severed him in the worst of places, and he could no longer walk. Quietly, he was dismissed from his post, and Chris Brandy all but disappeared into the history books for many years. However, live on he did, and eventually had himself a cabin built deep in Cesar Forest at the base of the mountains. It was here that he became a simple woodsman and raised a family. Chris Brandy had a wife, Athy, who bore him a daughter they named Sage. The days found Athy with Sage at her heels, while the nights found Chris passing on his combat techniques to the little girl. She was light and passed that flow onto the blade she wielded, cutting and slashing with ease and delicate precision. Brandy left nothing out, sharing every intimate secret of swordplay that he knew. The years found Sage much more adept at swinging the swords and the use of shields than she was of sweeping floors and cooking meals. All the while, Athy was unaware of Brandy and Sage's nighttime training sessions, for Chris kept it secret. So like this, for many years did the Brandy family live. Each day found Sage trying her best to do womanly things, most of which she was constantly bumbling. Many a time did a meal burn or clothes ruined at the wash due to Sage's lack of home skills. However, each night found Sage delivering pinpoint strokes with a blade and perfecting the art of sword in the ways that even her father was unable to do in his prime. One test found Chris releasing about two dozen bees in a small room with Sage, only to have her slice all of them in two in less than five strokes of the blade. Her skill surpassed all tests he could throw at her. One night, Chris awoke Sage quietly and told her he had a great gift for her. Swiftly, they snuck out to the barn, Chris closing and locking the door behind him. When he lit the nearby torch, Sage let out a great gasp. Tied up across from them was a very large and very agitated grave goblin. Before Sage could respond, Chris let the beast go and tossed a blade at his daughter's feet. The goblin went to smashing up the barn, and once he fell upon Sage for an attack, was quickly hewn in two with perfect precision. The two celebrated with hugs and smiles, that is, until Athy flung the barn doors open. Now, as much as she protested and bannered, Chris insisted that Sage go on with her sword duties. Athy explained that it was the blade that had lost him his legs. It was the blade that had driven them from wealth to poverty, living meagerly off the surrounding woods. Athy spoke of a need for peace, and that she was in the understanding that the reason for secreting away to Cesar Forest was exactly that. Seeing her daughter standing there with that blade stuck her in the most tender of spots. She could not bear the thought of something happening to her daughter like it had happened to her husband. Now, worry was deep in her heart from that night on, and it shattered her to learn that Ang Farron was having a call to arms. Athy just knew that Sage was planning on joining the ranks to show that the Brandy name could once again be something of splendor, once again be legendary. She spoke of it at the washing hole with a couple of passing geese, suggested perhaps that she talked to the old witch that lived in a house of bread and sugar a little deeper in the forest. A few days passed before Athy marked up the courage to set to find the old witch's house. 
Saying that she was traveling to a sick cousin's house, Athey spent the next few days following the geese instructions until she finally came across a house at the end of a little road which was made of cookie dough and bits of chocolate. The witch's house seemed to be made entirely of sweets, although her appearance was anything but. The witch was doubled over with paper-thin skin and bones that looked as if they would tear through at any moment. One of the witch's eyes was wild and jutted here and there sporadically, which shook the nerves of Athey as she spoke on how to keep Sage from going the way of the soldier. A deal was made, and Athey was told to return home and wait for word from the old witch. Days passed into weeks until one night Sage came into the living room packed and ready to go. She told her parents that she was off to join the cause and that she was going to make them proud. Honor again would come to the family name due to her and her deeds. Just as she picked up her gear, there was a rap at the door. Athea opened the door and walked to see the doubled-over witch with the paper-thin skin and bones. Athea smiled and introduced the witch as her half-sister and got nothing except a silent welcome from her husband. The witch brought with her a most delicious-looking pie and offered it to celebrate the renewal of the Brandy family warriors. Now, Athey had asked the witch to keep them together forever as a family, and that is exactly what the witch intended to do. Upon eating the pie, the Brandy family became quite sleepy and found themselves put under a magic spell. They all fell to the floor in the most deep slumber. It was then that the witch used her old-world magic to transform the family. Chris Brandy was the solidity and the one who held the family together, so the witch turned him into a sturdy leather belt. Athey wanted nothing more than to protect her daughter from others, and as well as protect others from her daughter, and so she was turned into a scabbard. Now Sage, the witch turned her into a thin silver blade, which defined the girl more than anything. Slipping the sword into the scabbard, the old witch took the items and set off for home. It was many years later that I came across this old hag with a sweet tooth. We had some unfinished business in our comings and goings with each other, and she ended up giving me the belt, sword, and scabbard to even a debt. She told me the story, which I have written down here as best as I can remember it. The witch told me that Sage's skills still lie in the blade, and anyone who wields a sword will gain her incredible speed, power, and precision. However, the mother's love is so deep and her want to keep Sage from war so strong that the blade can only be pulled from the scabbard once a day and only for about one minute. The belt stays sturdy and true. So I have buried these treasures in an attempt to give this family the rest it seems life has taken from them. Should anyone be reading these notes, then I am sure I have led you here for a purpose. Please, if I have told you to take this blade, understand what comes with such a powerful relic. Use it with care, for it will slay any enemy that stands before you. Use it with intelligence, for it gives you but a small window in which to act. If you find yourself drawing this blade from its scabbard, find yourself thinking of ways to escape. Maybe it's God's way of telling us not to rely on just the blade. Year of the Serpent Scribe Aldo Valdo under permission of Headmaster Hunja, Foxhole Monastery. Join us once more for more mystery and adventure with the boy from that way, when we return next time for Chapter 14 Let's Play 20 Questions.
In this next episode, we return to the mid-elf as he continues his vicious hunt for his former partners, and especially the boy. The trail leads him to a strange town where the living and the dead exist in harmony. Don't miss the next episode of The White Door.